This is the 10-Minute Contrarian Podcast. This is VP. We are a solutions-based podcast, diving into the world of contrarian investing and alternative finance. You can find us hosted on the No Nonsense Forex YouTube channel, nonsenseforex.com, and podcast players everywhere. Episode 74 is brought to us by Bybit, new November promotion. First 100 people this month to sign up get a free $10 in USDT just for walking in the door. And then 20 existing traders will be eligible for $50 USDT simply by being active. Details, as always, can be found in the blog post on the link below. Buy your spot crypto and trade your crypto in a decentralized manner. Trade and buy on Bybit. And do it through my link because these promotions come around all the time. Membership has its rewards. Many of them. It is the 10-Minute Contrarian Podcast, and just so you know, I will be recording this on a Thursday and releasing it on Saturday. I'm out of town this weekend, and I don't want to bring my microphone, so if anything weird happens on Friday or Saturday morning, uh, then so be it. But this week was an interesting one, and make no mistake, I really hate making episodes like this. I wish things were not this way. We have devolved into a situation where one man, pretty much one man, decides the fate of the economy of an entire planet. And sometimes you just have to ask yourself why. I've asked myself this question why, and I think I know the answer. You have heard me allude to it before. I will say it more towards the end of this episode. Uh, but the entire scope of investing has pretty much changed. And, and trading for that matter, too. I was so happy to get our volume back in Forex trading, and now we have all these new landmines we have to navigate around in the process. You know, why can't we just have it all like we used to? Uh, but the good news is, at least on the investing side, if you can read between the lines and get a good grasp of what Jerome Powell might do in the future and the reasons why he might do those things, which I think is the most important piece here, then you really have an increased chance of preparing yourself for the future. And this is a financial prepping podcast. So as much as I don't like it, you know, episodes like this are extremely important. So this past Wednesday, we had a rate increase of 75 basis points, which was expected. What everybody was hoping to discover is, will this be the last 75 basis point rate increase? And what is the future going to hold? Is it going to go down from here on out? Is the Fed going to pause? And more importantly, is the Fed eventually going to pivot? Meaning rates will go back down and we will get closer to a period of time that we had in the 2010s, especially the late 2010s, when rates were darn near at zero, money was cheap, borrowing was cheap, and as a result, the economy was booming. So despite all we've been through this decade, and all we're about to go through this decade, can one man simply snap his fingers and make it all okay again? Color me very, very skeptical here. Again, when you're in a great environment and bad things aren't happening, you may be able to centralize your power down to one person like this. And then he waves his magic wand and whatever he wants to come true comes true. But as I say ad nauseum, mathematics and economics are undefeated. And when you did not have any of those issues before, but you do have them now, I don't think you can make a move and then make a speech and wish them all away. I think he's been trying to do this and failing. Seriously, in the year 2022, how many W's does Jerome Powell have? 
zero. So why are we expecting a string of W's to magically appear out of nowhere? And I don't think you can. But as we've also spoken about before, you have all of these people who are just products of a 30-year bull market, and they just don't know any different. You might say that sentiment is really bearish. I don't think it is. I mean, the VIX is what, still below 30 right now? Maybe in our little circles, sentiment is bearish. But in the overall picture, I still think you have a lot of bulls out there. A lot of bulls that have known their entire life that if they just hang on and maybe even accumulate more as these dips come, that it's eventually going to be okay. And you had all of these people listening to Powell's speech on Wednesday just hoping that there was going to be some kind of positivity that they could grab onto and likely fabricate in some way into something positive. And I just don't think they got anything they were hoping for. And the market reacted. And as we had mentioned just last week, you know, there is still the possibility of a stock melt-up um, which, make no mistake, is not a positive thing at all, at least not long-term. And all it would result in is, you know, if you're looking at a long-term chart, yet another bullish retracement for another longer move down. It was different. This time, I really got a lot of people that I respected kind of in on this bullish move saying, hey, you know, this time I would probably load up on some things you've wanted because this might be the move up. Now, I have successfully, I think, called out every bullish retracement this year as complete nonsense. And I thought this one was too, and I think any future ones for a while are going to be. But it was enough for me to spend a little bit of money, just in case. Uh, but I was okay with that because I'm getting in at super low prices, and I haven't really bought much of anything in a while. Again, I always invest some money just in case I'm wrong. But make no mistake, I just don't see how this is anything but super bearish. I mean, where we're at right now with higher rates, it's great if you're in cash, but it's pretty much bad for everything else. And you have all of these members of the Fed, all of these super wealthy investors and fund managers, all of these heads of state, sovereign countries everywhere are all begging Jerome Powell to stop with these rate cuts. Because high interest rates for the dollar is bad for everybody, even the United States. You know, that's a lot of pressure from a lot of different sources. Yet he doesn't listen. And there does not seem to be any real end in sight here. And this leads me to my conspiracy theory that I uh, glossed over a little bit at the very beginning of the episode. Why? With all of this pressure from all of these different very powerful places, does Jerome Powell still ignore them and just continue to do what he does? Which is really destructive for the economy, by the way. It doesn't match his personality, that's for sure. He doesn't seem like this complete egomaniac on the surface. You know, he doesn't talk down to people. He doesn't even have a whole lot of conviction in the things he says. You know, he's very cryptic, and he always seems like he's very unsure of those cryptic things. So with all of this external pressure, why does he carry on? So there are only two conclusions I can come up with. One is something I mentioned before. I think he wants to be like his mentor, Paul Volcker, and just say, damn the torpedoes, we're going crazy train on these rates. 
to ludicrous, absurd levels, and we're going to break the economy badly, but at least we will get inflation down because it's really the only way. Or the more conspiratorial conclusion of the two is what I've also said in the past as well. All of these people who are in his ear are not at the top layer of influence. There is a layer above that, at least one. And there are particular three-letter organizations that I don't even like to say on this podcast full of very, very wealthy, unelected people. And these are the people who really pull the strings. Um, Not the Fed, not heads of state, not super rich investors. Uh, None of those people are at the top of the food chain. All of this is being controlled by a higher power. A higher power who's done a bang-up job in the last 40-plus whatever years supplanting people in very high positions to do their bidding for them. And what they want is a complete controlled demolition of the entire financial system. So for those of you scoring at home, uh, neither one of these situations is good for anything. It's really, really bearish. It's actually good for the United States dollar for the time being. And so on the solutions side, I would say, for now, not financial advice, what I am going to do is remain heavily in the United States dollar. You know, people say, oh, it's long overdue for a big pullback and it's overextended. Why? Why is it? Can you answer that question? Instead of just having these throwaway phrases like, oh, it's overextended. What is the RSI too high? You know, it's the same people who have been saying these things forever now. And then you add in the six, seven, eight crises that we've been talking about on this show as well. The majority of them are either in their early stages or haven't even started yet. You know, do people just forget about those? Because it seems like they do. It really does seem like they're hoping for a bullish turnaround so badly that it's like that book, The Secret. You know, if you just simply believe it to be true, it will come true. You know, maybe if I say enough wishful things and get enough people on board... I can take one little fragment of what Jerome Powell says and turn it into something make-believe and magical, and all of a sudden I can get everybody else on board. We'll make this market go up again. I'm just not seeing it. Now, in the meantime, there are things that will still go up, I believe, and we have already talked about those things. And we will hopefully, if scheduling goes according to plan, dig deeper into two or three asset classes in particular uh, that I think have a really good chance of doing well. Uh, despite all this futility. Because while all this futility is going on, supply is going down like crazy. We have already talked about silver, uh, but there are more. And we need to talk about those as well. So we will be doing that in future episodes. That is another solution. So you have the United States dollar is one. Checking out future episodes of the 10-Minute Contrarian podcast is another. And I would find somebody out there who is actually good at breaking down what your Rome pal says and somebody who doesn't mind doing it every time he talks because I just don't have it in me. You know, this past speech was a really big one in the eyes of a lot of investors. So that's why I decided to focus on it. But I think we're bearish either way. You know, if we do decide to grow interest rates at a lower rate than before, okay, they're still going up. If we decide to pause as they're talking about, what does that even mean? Does that mean we're going to pivot after the pause? Or does that just mean we're going to pause and see how things go down? You know, if we pause, rates still stay very high. 
and that's not good for anybody. So you can concern yourself with what your own pal has to say in the next three, four speeches. I'm not really paying too much attention. I am pretty steadfast in where we're going long term, and I will continue to keep you informed on the moves I'm making. Because to a lot of us, staying in the United States dollar and not making any moves on the buy side seems pretty rational and pretty normal. And I think over time, people are starting to realize that we're not being that crazy after all. Thinking that one man can simply wave his hand and undo all the damage that's been done, that's what seems crazy. We're not crazy. I really do think in all aspects of the game here, we're just early. 